In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Sacrifice, it seems fair to say, is not a popular word in today's culture. Surrounded as we are by an incessant concern for the self, the virtue of sacrifice, of giving of oneself for the good of another, is often portrayed as something outdated, the preserve of the religious zealot or the slightly unhinged, or both. Conversely, charity is an idea that is very much in vogue. Celebrities want to be seen doing it. Politicians and public figures want voters to know they're doing it. Even many Christians reduce the faith to a kind of moralistic, therapeutic deism in which religion is diluted at best and distorted at worst to a kind of NGO or charitable association, albeit one with weirder clothing and worse coffee. But for the authentic Christian, it's worth recalling that neither of these, neither sacrifice nor charity, can be had in any authentic sense, one without the other. Sacrifice and charity prescind from the same source. They flow from the same font. And they find their culmination in the one same sacrifice, same action of God, in Jesus Christ. This is a point made forcefully in one of the most well-known and well-loved verses of the Gospel of St. John. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. In these days of the Holy Fast of Lent, this twofold action of virtue sacrifice and charity is set before us in the most perfect and most tangible form. The cross of Christ, which is marked on our foreheads in ash at the start of Lent and given to us to kiss at its conclusion, is given precisely as a reminder of our baptism as a sign of the death that has already been conquered in us by the passion, death, resurrection, and glorification of Christ in his paschal mystery. In baptism, we underwent the death to self shown us in the sacrifice of the cross, and cleansed by Christ's saving blood, we were raised anew by that perfect act of selfless charity to share in his risen life. In Lent, we are called to renew that righteous action once more, not to be rebaptized exactly, but to die again to those obstacles of sin 
that have obstructed our access to God's grace and that have separated us from the prize of immortal life. First of all then, if we are to be renewed in these days in our baptismal grace, we should be reminded of what baptism itself does. The Catechism puts it rather pithily. Baptism, it says, purifies, justifies, and sanctifies. When I was a pastor in England, I had a priest friend of mine from the Deep South record those words on my phone so I could play them back to my RCIA and baptism preparation classes. Somehow, purify, justify, and sanctify sounds better with a southern accent than an English one. The purification, justification, and sanctification that takes place in holy baptism is a one-off, but it can be renewed in us through the disciplines of a sacramental life and through the particular opportunities presented us in the holy season of Lent. We can be purified anew by receiving the forgiveness of God offered in the sacraments of healing and reconciliation. If we're conscious of serious sin, we can, and indeed must, avail ourselves of the sacrament of penance. And at the same time, we can also rely more intentionally on the church's sacramentals and on the penitential acts offered us in the sacred liturgy to present to God those failings which are ours, but which we have not freely sought to commit. We can be justified anew in our relationship with Almighty God by reassessing our life in proportion to His. This comes about most obviously here in divine worship. When we come to worship God in the sacred liturgy, we are suitably proportioned to his majesty, his splendor, orienting ourselves to him, literally, and to the perfect act of his love for us in the action of Christ. Ensuring, therefore, that our understanding of worship conforms to this necessarily hierarchical relationship between God and man, between creator and created, and participating in that worship, not in a merely perfunctory or habitual way, but fully, consciously, actively, and intentionally, brings about a renewal of a just relationship with God, who by his cross has saved us and made us free. Finally, we can be sanctified not just by confessing our sins and participating in the sacramental and liturgical life of the church, but by living out that sacramental liturgical existence in the rest of our lives, not limiting our time with God to Sunday mornings or just our time here at Mass, but seeking to carry his life-giving grace out into the world by acts of charity and kindness that themselves point back, point on, to the cross of Christ. St. Thomas Aquinas reminds us of this 
intimate connection between authentic charity and authentic sacrifice when he says sacrifice that is offered outwardly represents the inward spiritual sacrifice whereby the soul offers itself to God. Or as the psalmist has it, the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. To give of ourselves for the good of another is itself a living out of that pattern of the cross in a tangible form. This sacrifice is first of all toward God in worship, toward his church in our giving and time and in our duty of penance toward our fellow Christian, and toward the world as a sign of God's presence in it and of his care for all those who, through the bonds of humanity, share in his image and likeness. In this remarkable parish, the opportunities to carry out this annual spiritual checkup and renewal this Lent are abundant. Your priests and deacons and parish staff have, in usual fashion, put together a veritable feast of opportunities for you to take up and to fulfill that great invitation and demand to return to the Lord with all your heart. Whether it be simply through engaging more fervently and attentively to the regular round of masses and parish activities, or by taking up the chance to pray the Stations of the Cross on Fridays or Compline on Sundays, or to fast with the parish community using the Lent guide each week, the purification, justification, and sanctification of this Lenten season is, my friends, there for the taking, and with it, the chance to be reunited to the Lord and to the eternal life of divine love that he so desires to share with each one of us. May the good God, in his great goodness, give us the courage to take up that challenge, so that being faithful to it in this life, we may receive its fruits in the fulfillment of all things in the life of the world to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.